Hello, welcome to The Goof Zone, your regularly scheduled podcast about mental health and general silliness. Today, me and Destiny are going to talk about creativity. It's one of our most open episodes yet. Uh, lots of stuff gets talked about, so lots of trigger warnings uh, in place. We talk about uh, like incredibly deep depression, we talk about uh, death and uh, resentment and anger and fairness and balance and just a lot of things that get uh, kind of heavy. But I don't think the episode itself is super heavy as a thing. We we talk about these topics in a cool, detached, enjoyable way for everybody. Which I so I like. I'm, I think it's a good episode. I think you're gonna enjoy. But just at the at the head, it is a uh, episode that gets into some intense subject matters. And if that's any trouble, then please uh, don't listen to the episode. That's that's fine. We want to create a safe space in the Geef Zone. So yes, thank you very much, and enjoy episode seven. From the harbor, dawn goes down today. An agent crests the shadows of a nearby alleyway. Piles of broken bricks, signposts on the path. Every moment points toward the aftermath. Yeah.
Okay. We are now, what we say from now on is on the podcast. All it right. It's decreed. It has happened. It's on the air. The podcast has begun. We are on the air. We are live we from live. Studio 10. Studio 10. I don't know. What's the SNL intro? Oh, live from New York. It's that's Saturday night. I only know the Studio 60 intro. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not it at all. <laughs> no, because that's the fake Saturday Night Live, but I've never actually watched an episode of Saturday Night Live because I live uh, where we... We don't have Saturday nights where I live. Oh, that's right. It just goes right into Sunday. Oh, I wish. <laughs> and we wouldn't have to watch Doctor Who ever again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, update on that front. What's I've... Not just not watched it this season. I've been completely forgetting it exists, and I'm like likely not to catch up. I might be free. Oh my gosh! I know. Are you still going to record this... that podcast? Oh, with Ryan. Yes, me and Ryan are going to yell about series series six of Doctor Who at some point. Okay. But yeah, but I might be free. I might be free. And to anyone who knows me, this is a big deal. I might not. There's still time. No, I, I hope you can remain free from watching yeah. it since you don't like it. It's so, so terrible. You don't like it one bit. I don't like it, but hello. Hi. Hi. Everybody, welcome. Welcome to the Goof Zone, Destiny. Welcome to the Goof Zone. Welcome to the Goof Zone, Jackson. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's nice to have you on. Oh, yeah, I, I always wanted to be on. <laughs> welcome back, Destiny. <laughs> 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 uh, yep. So this how? is a podcast. Oh, it's episode seven. It's an episode seven. Oh, I normally do an intro at the top so we to free ourselves from such responsibilities as hosting. Oh yes, yeah, such pedestrian <laughs> actions as making a podcast interesting. Yeah, that's not For our sure. responsibility. Nah, what, what if look a like? bit of music? <laughs> you, you can't t- waveforms. We look like pure waveforms pure in the air. Absolute light. Absolute light burned into your audacity and streamed to your streamers. <laughs> your party streamers. <laughs> Woo! This is the Goof Zone, episode seven. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hello. Uh, I guess we're, ha- we're going to quickly talk about our week, but we want to go quickly into the topic. Yeah, it's exciting. We don't want to do what we did last time where we introduce a topic and then never talk about it. Chekhov's topic. Exactly. Don't want to do do that not one. introduce topic at the start of the podcast and not fire it by the end of the third act. It's just it's got to be strong writing, you know. If you want to no. get away with that, it's got to be real strong writing. Don't introduce those uh, details and then don't put pay them off. Come on, what are you doing? Yeah, That's what bad are you podcasting. doing? That's just podcasting one hundred and one. Mm-hmm. Anton Chekhov, the great podcaster. <laughs> I listen <laughs> to all of the great Russian podcasts. <laughs> 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 the golden age of Russian podcasts in the 19-teens, almost 100 years ago now, <laughs> when podcast was invented. I listen to uh, WTF with uh, Lenin. <laughs> he got Lenin on? Uh, uh, comedy Bang Bang with Trotsky. <laughs> These are the people I remember from Russia. <laughs> Adam Carolla's uh, What's New with the Tsar. It's a, it's a, it was a great time. It was a great golden age of podcasting. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Those were the golden ages. <laughs> For both podcasting and communism, they have a strong <laughs> a strong link, uh, perhaps symbiotic in a way. Oh, uh, yes. Who could forget? Who could forget that when the podcasts are up, communism's up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
but I guess we should move on to our topic and stop stalling because that was what we wanted to do. Yeah, I don't know uh, why we were stalling. I'm sorry. Sorry, let us into that. So, how? Let's quickly go first. Destiny, how was your week? My week was kind of... It, it started out super depressing and depressed and ended on a, like, like a really nice high note where I uh, was in a lot of pain and I went to my therapist and I had an, an emotional outburst about how upset I was about my feet hurting all the time and how empty my life feels because everyone around me is having babies and like living quote-unquote stable lives at least in my mind which isn't true everybody's life is in some sort of motion some sort of flux but i was in denial of that and i was just upset and angry and trying to understand what the heck i did wrong and why i'm such a failure and how it's just inevitable i'm going to hang myself because my life is just the pits and then the end of the week i went to a comic convention no, excuse me. I went to an anime convention dressed up as Sailor Moon. I have you know it's manga, manga, <laughs> Japanese animations, <laughs> Japanese anime. You know, there's anime books. <laughs> you know, they have books on anime. It's a... They have these anime books. It's I don't know what they world. are. They're, they're backwards. It's weird. <laughs> backwards. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then. Uh, at the con, I ended up, uh, my friend, her father has a condition known as CMJ, which is like a, or is it CMT? See, now I don't remember. It's it's CMJ or it's CMT. Let me Google it for like two seconds. Uh, Jackson Vamp while I Google. Let's play uh, Medical Condition Duh. or Rap Group. Keep, keep, keep uh, vamping. <laughs> Okay, vamping, vamping. Vamp- I'm editing this out. This is being edited out. Oh, all right. I thought you were going to vamp. You're not very good at <laughs> improvising. I've never had to vamp before. You just talk. You just talk about, say like, uh, oh, she's looking it up. I'm going to vamp. She's looking it up. Uh, You're talking yeah, to our coming listeners. Up, coming up next on our show, we have the uh, kooks. No, that's not relevant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, Wow. I can't even get my fake bands right. You're, you're just... <laughs> what, what's a band from 2015? Help me. Sam Smith is on later. He's relevant, right? <sighs> it's called CMT. <laughs> it's known as Charcot Marie Tooth Disease, which is a hereditary motor and sensory neuro- neuropathy, which just means you, you're... Nervous system is disordered, you lose your muscle usage, and it's kind of depressing. But he's a great guy, and he had a um, transport chair, which is a wheelchair without wheels that people push you in and you go places. Wait, hmm? without wheels? Without wheels. So you can't wheel yourself around? It's pretty much for people to, because you can walk. It's for people, like... Actually, I'm not going to say it's for people who can walk, but it's like one of those chairs where it's just to get you from one place to another, but you're okay. being pushed. You don't wheel yourself. But it, ha- it has a wheel on it. It has wheels. It's a wheelchair. Yeah. But it doesn't have the big wheels on the side where you, uh, uh, with the bars for you to steer okay, yourself. No, I, I get you now, but you said a wheelchair without wheels and I was like, that, that's a chair. Destiny. Oh, whoops. Sorry. I should <laughs> probably think before I speak, huh? No, yeah, it's it's a chair that you can be pushed in, but you cannot control as the sitter. 
And cool. so he let me we wear it. He let me sit in it and be pushed around at this anime convention because my friends are wonderful and so are their parents. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have to do that. But it was a little disheartening because I wore the same costume last year and I didn't have as much foot pain. So, like, you know, I got asked to take a ton of pictures and people would just walk up to me and talk to me. But I feel like this time around, people were trying not to look at me because I was in this chair. And it was awkward. And that's a shame. Uh, made me feel kind of invisible in this awkward way, like visible and invisible simultaneously. Like everyone choosing not to see you. Mm hmm. Cause they're like, Oh, don't want to look like I'm staring at the person in the chair. And so I, I have to try really hard to not extra notice them. So I just never acknowledge they exist. Mm hmm. And I don't know what that accomplishes. I don't know if I'd rather be stared at or what. <laughs> it just makes both of you awkward. Mm hmm. Cause it, I know what's happening. And so it's weird, but uh, I don't know. And then I know that as somebody who is usually quite ambulatory, I probably do that too when I'm like passing people in wheelchairs. Mm -hmm. But usually I, I I try to just smile at everyone because that's just the Midwestern thing to do. When you oh, I just don't them. look at anyone, that's, but that's the London thing You're a to big do. city boy. <laughs> yeah. Everyone's in London just like, you'll bump into someone and they'll just yell, fuck off. <laughs> That's happened to me multiple times. I've been told to fuck off because I just bumped into someone. No, you, and here I'll you say, go, oh, sorry. No, here oh, you go, excuse me, I'm sorry, no, pardon me. Did I tell you the story that happened to me last week when I bumped into someone? What happened? Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, so I bumped into this guy, this big guy. He turns around just looking like he's going to beat me to death. Like He actually starts to raise his fist. Whoa. Yeah, but like I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, my bad. And his, uh, I, was, I was like, that's my bad. That was on me. Um, and he his like face changes at someone saying like admitting responsibility for something and just not make like not escalating it. And he's like gives the biggest smile and walks away. Aw, no one has <laughs> ever not punched him in that situation. He's like, oh, this is gonna go. We're gonna go. And I'm like, no, that was that was like the <laughs> the joy of seeing someone just being okay with being wrong. That is fascinating and it says it was, a lot about that guy's life yeah it was it was a sad moment but a beautiful moment i am impressed yeah bless it, his the, heart bless his heart i hope he's doing well me too uh, i've had a shit week but it's gotten a little bit better today uh i was having really big mood swings oh, i'm sorry uh, like um the Bad stuff was super bad, and the be good stuff was better, but then by midweek it was all just the worst I'd ever been, ever. So that was nice and scary. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It's a good time. And this is not good. Uh, I went to the doctor, talked about maybe getting on some anti-anxiety meds. How'd that go? It went okay. He's very not he's not a prescription person he's like we'll try this other stuff we don't want to force anything he doesn't want to give me anti-anxiety drugs because he thinks they'll work really well and then i'll just be taking anti-anxiety drugs forever but that's and, not a bad thing well he doesn't want me to get dependent on them <sighs> and then have to take a bunch more uh, he's an old, he's I, it's an old fair it's that's a fair thing i just don't i i, I want to say there are non-addictive ones out there but well, the one he recommended was a specific antidepressant beginning with S. I can't remember what it was called. I want to uh, say you told me it was Seroquel. I think it was Seroquel. It might have been Seratine. Okay, I'm going to 
No, I'm not going to Google that because that's I, fine. Because we'll it's, get it's, tons of results, you know. It's something like that. I might call him up to ask. Oh, what was what was the drug? What was the drug he meant? What were uh, the? Can I ask? It, uh, <laughs> what alternatives he suggested to medication? Just out of curiosity. Well, I, I there aren't any because our NHS is terrible. No, but like, like you told me, he didn't like meds. So what did he say? Well, because I've been being referred from therapy group to therapy group for the last few years, and I got accepted into what I thought was specialist therapy in January, mm-hmm. and I started that, and I went back to him and I said, "This was meant to be specialist therapy. What is it?" But apparently, I just I went to the other, and I was just been put on another completely unrelated form of therapy that isn't specialist at all is just a different group because it's bouncing like because there isn't funding for any spe- any like treatment for mental health health patients anymore so people just get bounced around from place to place they i think they've actually in the time since i left uh the cbt stuff they have now scrapped cbt so, so what's this group like what group oh well whatever you're doing now like what is it's it just like? one-on-one it's one-on-one it's fine uh like it was, it was terrible at first because his approach was just the worst thing. But I told him this, and now it's got better. Now I can just talk to him. Oh, good. That's nice. Yeah. So that's better. But I, d- I don't find it helpful. Like it just, I know what's wrong. <laughs> but the point isn't not knowing what's wrong. The point is you have someone you can kind of sort things out with. I d- well, no, because my problems are not going to be solved talking to someone who I don't know. Like. I'm depressed about things, and those things are too powerful to solve in a talking session. Mm. Like, I'm really, I don't know, it was, it was a really bad week. I just feel like talk therapy isn't about solving 100%. It's about organizing your thoughts and coming up with coping mechanisms and how to, it's teaching you how to deal and working it out through talking to someone else. Because you can't just keep all that stuff in your head. Well, I don't. That's that's what we're doing. I'm just like, well, he's not giving me any coping mechanism. But I just say, I feel terrible in this way, and he he'll go like, oh, that sounds really bad. I'm really hearing that you're suffering. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you could go and, to him and say, let's get some solutions or some coping mechanisms up in here because I don't feel like I'm getting the help I need. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe you'll try that. I don't. I don't know. You're allowed. I just don't see the coping mechanisms doing much for me. Like. But I guess, I've done CBT before and it's been unhelpful. I guess my thing is like the way things are going now aren't working, so why not be open to something new? I mean, I'm open, but it's it's more complicated than that. Okay, well, like, give it a shot. Check it. We'll check in. We'll check in. Because mm-hmm. like yeah. for me, I, uh, I I find talk therapy super useful. Even if I didn't have the problems I have, I would suggest it to people because it's just nice to go somewhere where no one's going to judge you Mm -hmm. and you can just get it all out and kind of go at the end okay we did that we had this like heavy talk and now I can figure out where to go from here no instead I came home Thursday night and was like oh I want to hurt myself this is probably bad but not because Uh. of the therapy not it was direct, stuff like it was, that te- was, was already, bad before. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, like, it doesn't. I don't know. I guess my thing is, if you're not getting anything out of it, you gotta tell that person. Yeah, but like, it's been 
three years of being gone from place to place and not getting and, and like getting progressively worse. But you're seeing so, someone now, and you can talk to them about that. Yeah, but I've 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 seen people, other people before, and said this isn't helping. And there's a point where you just feel awkward saying that, and it's just easier to just go and not say anything because otherwise, I don't know. It gets it gets worse to keep bringing it up. Hmm. But you have to work I, through it too. I'm trying, but it's it's just I'm like in a, I don't know. It's just it's just kind of it, frustrating. Yeah, because I just feel like I've been like this for ages. I there's no escape from this. I'm just going to feel like this forever. There's no point to doing any of this. And yeah, it's uh, it's re- and also well, today I felt really awful at the beginning of today, mm-hmm. and then and then I'm like in the middle of the day I was listening to a podcast that was really triggering me. I'm sorry. And, apparently powered through the whole thing despite feeling worse and but i started thinking about like what the core of some of the stuff was and i feel a bit better about myself now or at least i feel less guilty that's really good because one of the things i do is like i don't uh like i'm quick to be uh like jealous or resentful uh and I always feel guilty about that. I'm like, that's what bad people do. But I like, I analyzed it today. And was like, no, this comes out of a place of balance, and I need balance. And my head's like, balance can be restored by either you becoming happier or the other people becoming sadder. And it actually comes out of a place of wanting everyone to feel okay. Huh? That's really confusing to follow that line of thought. But I'm glad you got to a good. Place. Does it make sense? Mm, I think you'd have to go into it way deeper than we have time for on this recording but i definitely want to know more like if if you're comfortable talking about it on the podcast maybe we can talk about it in like a different actually i don't know do you feel comfortable going into it now or is that something you want to talk about off the mic i, I, I mean i, I can fucking quick summarize it was like so um uh there's it's like when i this is going to be this is the trigger warning for the, this stuff but there, like there are on the way to uni sometimes there's this homeless person I walk past and I don't have like I give them money when I can but I don't often have something and I feel really guilty and one of the things that I goes through my head when uh walking past th- that person is that if this person decided to just stand up and just beat me up that would be completely justified okay and so that's like me uh like that links into that and like there is an imbalance there and then when when i am on the positive side of the imbalance it is okay to bring me down does that make sense like since you're the one who has the privilege yeah it's like, okay my, mm-hmm. for bad things to happen to you which I'm, I'm talking more in general i'm saying that like uh well, that, i'm just trying to follow i'm just saying that my brain wants things to be okay and fair, right? Uh-huh. But when I am in the good side, I should be the one to be punished for it. And when I'm in the bad side, I should also be the one to be punished for it. That's not balance. I know, but it comes out of a place of that, and then my brain twists it. Mm, that's not... Yeah. Oh, boy. That's a lot to unpack. Yeah. But I thought I did it okay. I was feeling really good about it until you listened to me and were like, that's not right. Well, no, I just, I think if, if I, okay, let me see if I understand. Let me try to reword it. So okay. what's going on is when you're in a good, when you say you're in a good, on the good side of it, do you mean 
the privileged side of it or do you I mean, mean in a good I mood? mean in both like when I'm in a bad mood seeing other people be in a bad happy mood makes me feel worse when I'm in a happy mood seeing other people in a bad mood or a bad place makes me feel worse in each place in each each single one of those comes out of a space of wanting everything to be fair for everyone but the effect is always I feel worse <laughs> okay at, like at least you know that that's it's yeah. good to know. It's not a bad thing at all to know that. But how are you going to not let people around you determine whether or not you feel good? Like that's probably the end goal, right? I I've no idea. That's I don't know. Because it's like you had no control over whether or not that person's homeless and you can have empathy for them and go I don't want them to be out here. I re- I resent that the society you know, has let this person down where they have had to deal with this and feel, I feel blessed that, you know, I am able to like help out when I can. And I'm blessed that, you know, I have a home and I have food regularly, uh, but I'm not going to let it make or break my mood that homelessness exists because I can't really do anything about it other than be humbled that I have a home and be happy to help when I can. I, I, I wish I could get to that point. That seems Well, that's the so end unfair. goal, right? That seems so unfair, though. Unfair to who? To anyone who's, like, suffering more. But I mean, like, you can't do anything about it. Like, what are you going to do? Are you going to give up your house so he can have a house? No, but, like, in... Uh, like in reverse, when I feel really awful, to if I feel really awful and I know that other people's response is to go, I can't do anything about that, so I'm gonna move on. That that hurts, like that, and it just feels wrong. Like how can that be a, a human being's response to other um, when things are bad? And like it's and it totally comes out of this like warped place of needing everything to be okay all the time, and then expanding that to like a massive societal level. Which yeah, because it's like you can't fix society so all you can do is do it on your level your individual level so it's like i'm you know like you can be sorry but like i guess my thing is when someone says i can't help they can't help so it's okay they're not doing it out of dismissal they're just doing it because it's true so you have to go to the people who can help Mm-hmm. Or but yeah, that, you know, yeah. like ha- hear that call to help you, um, and like taking it away from like the bigger worldview of society stuff on a personal it's not, level. It's, it's not always on a big like that's a that's a specific example. I know that's why that. I, I like well, thing I was about to say I wasn't using this example is what I was trying to say. Just okay. like on a personal level, if like let's say for instance, I'm in a really bad mood and I tell you about it, I think it it's fine for you to... Like, if you were unable to help me with my mood, you could just give me some advice or refer me to someone who could help me, but, like, in all actuality, that's all you can do. You can't control my mood. No, I'll just take on everyone else's bad moods. Nope. I think, I think, that, I think that's what it's going to do. That'll ruin you. That is. Codependency <laughs> at its best. <laughs> I might recommend you Codependent No More. It's a great book. It's a classic. (laughs) I've read it twice. The first time I read it, I was going through a rough time 
in a relationship, so I just kept projecting onto the other person the s- problems in the book instead of analyzing them and seeing how they <laughs> applied to my own life. I kept going, oh, they have that problem, and underlining <laughs> things and writing that person's name next to the thing. That's, like, an amazing level of... That's amazing. Yep. And then, so, what I had to do was I had to re- reread it and go, okay, I have oh. to not think about the other oh. person. <laughs> <laughs> because it was really mi- like I was calling this person up and reading excerpts to them and going, "This is you." <coughs> That's what this, this. Is, this is amazing. This is a pretty beautiful story. I'm so glad you're better now. Yeah, I'm the worst. No, but I went and I reread it and I realized that I had a lot that I needed to work on. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's. I'll talk more about that next week. But I'm. It's like, really interesting. I'm. I'm glad you brought myself. it up. Uh, but I don't cause... think you're. Uh, I actually think it's a really good thing that you're, like, going in on this, because it... It's basically a way to stop me feel Like, I'm still going to feel shitty about a bunch of things, but mm-hmm. it's a way to stop me feeling extra guilty for it. You should be really proud of yourself that you came up with that, then. Because I'll often be like, you know... I'll see, like, people just having a good time in ways I would like to have a good time, but I'm not able to because of my situation and get really sad about that. Uh-huh. And... And then I feel guilty because that's what bad people do. Bad people are jealous like that. I don't think but bad no, people are jealous like th- about that. Like I know that's how your value system. Well, no, I'm, I'm like getting to the, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Well, yeah. So like, but now I can tell myself like, well, that just comes out of this place of wanting. Like you apply that to yourself as much as you do everyone else. So it can't just be a like jealousy thing because it's a way baser thing than that. I guess is what I'm saying. Mm. Because, I mean, like, it's totally okay to be angry and resentful towards somebody that has the privilege of doing something you can't do. Like, that's mm-hmm. justified in my mind because it's just like, well, yeah, it is unfair that uh, there are all these benefits to being skinny and white or there are all these benefits to being rich. Um, but, like, you, there's a like time and place for that anger. I think if you hold on to that anger 24-7... It's gonna totally, totally burn you out. What if I felt bad about every single thing that I wanted better about my life all the time, always? How does that benefit your life at all? Because <laughs> it's really exhausting. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So <laughs> there so you go. Tired. It's not. I got I got real, but I don't know. I feel okay now. This is I guess one of the good things is I was able to talk about this stuff without it letting without it like bringing on immediately like this big depressive wave. So that's good. Yeah, not to put you on blast, but last week we tried to record this episode, and we got real just talking about stuff, and then it turned into. Uh... No, no, to be fair, I think I said before we recorded this isn't going to happen. Yeah, no, I was. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. I just meant like. No, 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 I was just, just, I'm, I'm just representing my client has. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you were upset, but like, we didn't record, but it was because, yeah, it's hard to talk about this stuff sometimes without getting genuinely upset. Mm-hmm, yeah, no, I, did I, I, it. I, I knew. doing it now. Doing it, do, but that's that. Get it done, 25 minutes in, topic time, let's do this. Yes. Oh, and the reason, dear, is you. I found a reason to keep singing.
to do the talk we were gonna do yep. three weeks hence mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about creativity finally you guys what 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 that's your cue to vamp i'm vamping <laughs> all right so creativity we're gonna talk Introduce about us. like well, essentially, I came to Jackson, and I says to Jackson, I says, Jackson. <laughs> what do you says? I says, Jackson, I have uh, been thinking a lot about creativity and how it intersects with my mental health, and I 
want to talk about it on the old podcast. Because I think... And I says, Destiny, that's a fantastic idea. Why don't we talk about it on the old podcast? And, you know, we, and here we are. <laughs> here we are, on the old podcast, says and things. Says and things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Well, who wants to? We have lots of ideas, but where do we want to start? Let's, I guess is the. I guess when I talk about creativity, I don't mean just like making stuff. I mean <laughs> the genuine sort of instinct to. Never mind. You, you I, guess, pro- I am talking about you, making stuff. <laughs> you, but you, you don't mean producing things. You mean finding an outlet for the creative like instinct. Yes, that's it. Thank you. This is why that's we have the two hosts. <laughs> yes. I was like, because one host would be really sad. Mm-hmm. This <laughs> really what's wrong with me this week. It'd just be like the five minutes at the beginning of Marin, but for an entire podcast. Yep. And I mean, that sounds good, good on paper. I don't know if I could do it. I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. Uh, so, because where, where did the like impetus to bring that up come from? What would you say? Set the scene for our listeners. Oh well. Wait. Say that again. I got distracted. What was the starting point for this whole oh, topic? Well, like sometimes we get in these moods where we just don't want to uh, enrich ourselves through creating. Uh, or we forget, like we started as children, drawing all the time and playing imaginary, imaginative games with imaginary things, and we're really good at like instinctually playing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like as we get older, that kind of gets locked away, or we get shamed into not playing or mm-hmm. thinking imaginatively. Like, people always say, we want someone creative for this job, but they really mean just somebody who can help the company make more money through thinking. We want creative thinking. Yeah. Which we mean, we want uh, you to come up with a good way to make these numbers go higher than the other numbers. Yeah, exactly. It, it's like, that's the only time your creativity is desired through a lot of different channels, but there aren't well, it's, it's, any... It's, it's, go on. I, th- I think specifically on that point, it's like a... Uh, co-opting of the spirit and word of what creative creativity means it totally to mean is. something completely different so when people think creative they mean able to produce a certain type of stuff like it becomes this specific skill totally in a like capitalist sense whereas the actual pure act of engaging a creative part of our brains is that's that's what we wanted to talk about and like get to recovering that i guess mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah i want to make sure that we hit on that and then just like as people who consider themselves creative, uh, getting back to that sense of fun and making things without worrying about the final product, even though we're chronic worriers. <laughs> mm-hmm. And like focus. I feel like focus has a lot to do with creativity because, well, to the surprise of no one, it requires focus to make stuff. Yes. And when you're... Um, dealing with anxiety and or depression or different things like that, it's really easy to lose focus. Mm-hmm. Or you lose confidence and that makes you unfocused. Like, I remember the night I was really upset. I got it in my head. All right, I'm going to make a collage because that'll be my outlet after this tumultuous evening. And then I just ended up not doing it because I was so worried about all this other stuff that it pulled me mm-hmm. away from the initial desire to do that 
yeah that makes sense it's uh it's difficult to keep that stuff up i guess so uh yeah and you're the kind of person you do a lot of writing so it's like how do you keep up with all your writing projects when you get in these terrible moods well so for me specifically it depends right so it depends on what i'm writing um uh i am working on this thing or was working on this thing for a good long time that was a specific outlet for all my bad moods and that was really when i had that when i had that project it was really helpful uh to have this specific thing that all that went into but there's like a difference between at least to me there's a difference between like narrative work and expressive work so i used to write music uh-huh. music was really hard for me to write while i was depressed because whilst it's a way more honest just straight to mood thing i just i don't know it, it feels more difficult for me whereas a narrative thing where i have the like plan in my head i can pour stuff in i can pour depression and like bad moods and stuff in my head into that way more and i don't know why but i know that's true for me because uh, it's just it like you said it's more honest so well no cuz the expression stuff is more honest like a, r- making Oops. a music that sounds like how you feel is way more straight honest oh yeah that's difficult on its face but, yeah but i couldn't i don't know i could never i could never do that but i can do I can do it with uh, the script I was writing, and I'm because I, so what happened? So what happened to me is I I wrote that script, I finished it in I think uh, May or July. I think I finished one. I think I finished one draft in May, and then redid it for July. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And I'm I'm probably now at some point going to try to turn it into a book so people can read it. That's cool. Uh so. Side note, if anyone wants to read the script and tell me what they think would be good in a book, please let me know. Uh, there you go. It's on the web. It's on my website. That's that's that. But I, Headfallsoff.com? Um, Headfallsoff.com. Cool writing. But the project itself was this um, specific story that was set up in my head to be a way to work through things. And that was really helpful. But when you don't have that exact framework, it's very hard to force yourself to do things. I think it's... So if it, oh, go on. You go, you go. Well, I was just going to say, as far as, like, your songwriting struggling versus how easy it was to write your script, was, do you think it was because, uh, with songwriting, it was harder to, like, take on a character and separate yourself, whereas with the script, you're dealing with a specific setting, you're dealing with a specific, specific person who isn't you, so there's a disconnect, so it's way easier to express certain ideas. Uh, no, I actually think it's because in narrative, uh, like I- expressive forms, I guess are more—they don't have to be. They could, like they, this is a bad way of describing it. But when I think of writing a song, it's like transposing my mood to a song, um, or something. But with a narrative, I can like program ahead of time a catharsis, so oh. I can write to the point where I feel better. Okay. And the whole the whole story is structured around an ending because endings are always the moment that everything you know like that's the emotional catharsis of a story and songs can have that like there are so many songs I've listened to and felt that within the structure of the song I have not been able to channel that in my own uh, doing are that, you, that stuff. Are you interested in trying? I'd to do that? love to be able to write a song like that uh, with a beginning, a middle, and an end. Well, I've done I've done that before, but I haven't. I have I have done that in songs I've written, but one most of the songs I wrote were more just like pop songs and. Uh, didn't they weren't big emotional 
uh, things. Uh, two, I was younger, so that Eva just this is slow song, this is fast song, because you know I was in a punk band. Like, what do you want? Yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> I I just think it's interesting. <laughs> but no, I'd, I'd like a, I think that's a great thing. But no, that that's why that was helpful for me is like having the point in my head that was me feeling better and trying to navigate towards that through whatever work you were doing. So I I don't know. I recommend that if you want to try it. Yeah, I always say that that's something I'm interested in doing. But if I think about it too much, it oh, hinders yeah. the work. For sure. Like I can do all the journaling in the world, but once I know other people are going to read the thing or look at the thing, I'm a little more self-conscious and it's harder to be expressive in an honest way. Which Why 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 is that? Oh, because like, I'm well, there's the obvious like I'm afraid of the response sort of a thing where I'm afraid somebody's going to read something into it that I didn't intend. Yeah. Or that just that they're going to think it's bad. I guess that would be mm-hmm. the first concern. Uh getting things out for the sake of getting them out sometimes that's dangerous for other people to see because they don't mm-hmm. understand it. Mm-hmm. But like most of the creative work I've been doing for the past few years have just it's been stand up comedy. So it's honest in a way that it is totally scary, but since you're trying to make people laugh, there's that secondary concern and it makes it less um painful because it's all based around, well, comedy. So that helps a little cuz like when I started doing stand up, it was all about working out my mom's death. <laughs> so I was do you f- writing all these jokes about death. <laughs> what are you going to say? Do, do you feel like there's a distance that comes from doing comedy that is really helpful for you to creating it? Like The distance comes because you're writing a joke out of an honest place or like you're on stage and telling people impromptu this feeling and hoping that they're laughing at it. But if you keep that joke and you keep telling that joke over and over and over, it stops meaning the same thing. It stops becoming, this was a weird thing that happened to me. That's funny. And just turns into, here's the story I tell. I don't even remember what reality it was based in. And that's kind of fun because that means, I don't know, in a way you've excised that demon. <laughs> mm-hmm. That makes sense. It depends on the kind of jokes you tell. I, I tend to tell stories about things that have happened in my actual life as opposed to like one-liners. And even those are based in some weird truth. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a, that's been my outlet. And through that, I kind of, regained a sense of possibility as far as like what I was able to do creatively uh but it it's taken some time for me to embrace like visual art because I grew up always thinking I was terrible at drawing or painting and that's something I've been working on doing forcing myself to do without thinking about my history with those things because I want to just do them like I did when I was a kid, where I was just doing it to do it because it was fun, and there wasn't like a, is this good, is this bad, sort of fear around it. Mm-hmm. Like just, I'm going to draw because, yeah. It feels it's nice. It's the evening. It's yeah. the evening. It's time to just chill, do some drawing. It's fun. Who knows what I can come up with. I don't have to worry about showing it to anyone later if I don't want to. It doesn't have to be 100% perfect because it's just something I'm doing because I like drawing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I'm terrible at drawing, so I, I won't ever do that. But, like, that's the reason to do it more, right? 
Yeah, well, I, that's I'm like playing guitar at the moment. I'm trying to get good at that. That's like my equivalent. Mm, okay. So yeah, drawing. I go back and forth between: Am I trying to get better, or am I just doing it for the sake of doing it? Like, which one is more important to me? And that's what I haven't decided. Because uh, like currently, my partner is doing a lot of drawing practice, and they're putting a lot of their drawing out there. And that's super inspiring because it's like, oh, hey, you know, they didn't draw for ages after childhood and then they just picked it back up again and they're doing all this cool stuff. So I feel like... Well, I know for me, I don't know how much this applies to you, is the act of doing something deliberately to try to get better at it is gonna, like, sabotage that aim. Well, it puts like me I... at a... Yeah, it makes your relationship between you and the thing totally different than yeah. just doing it for fun. Because uh, I think my partner just tweeted the other day that, like, drawing and making stuff is just so hard. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and it, it is. Yeah, but if you want to get better at something, there's only one way to do it, you know? And get, the thing is, the getting better at it will happen whether you try to or not. It, like, yeah, the more you is... do it... Like you, there you can approach it and it's active. I'm going to get better way, but I find that way really exhausting. I just need to play the guitar, try to learn something. Like if I don't think about the wider thing, I might get there eventually. That's how I did drums. Don't like, think about it play... as trying. Think about it as playing. Yeah, like and eventually I was really good at drums because I played drums a lot. Yeah, and mm. it's also it's like it's got to be something you want to do for reasons that aren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm, I was gonna say like not dependent on like the reception of it but i don't know if that's true for everyone that's not true for everyone because yeah like Uh, you want to write songs because you want people to hear them i assume i mean kind of but like i have entire albums of songs just sitting on my computer because i never quite finished them and because i never but you like did them because you wanted to it wasn't about the finished product kind of yeah, like it was kind of about the finished parts, but kind of wasn't. I don't know. Like I just have full albums that I'll never release because they're terrible now. But I had the ideas of like one day I'm gonna like record these properly and get them out to people, and I never did. And it's kind of sad because there's whole lost stretches of my my creativity that will never be seen by people. That's a shame. But I don't know. But if you don't think they're good, it's probably like not a shame in a weird way. It's not. It's not a shame, but you want to have that journey documented, right? You want. Yeah, to have... but it is. But it's not documented, it's gone. It's all gone. It's unfinished. Oh, well, I mean, not in the sense... Okay, it is in the sense of, like, you may not have those files anymore, or, like, you didn't show it to anybody, but it doesn't make it less meaningful, or it it, it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have done it. Because, mm-hmm. like, I have tons of jokes written that I'll never tell, but it was because I couldn't get them to work in the way I wanted them to work, and maybe I'll return to them when I'm ready to see if I can make them work again, but I don't consider that a loss or a waste because it's like, you have to write crap to get to the good. It's true. It's very, very true. And I think that's what people have a lot of struggle with. They go, well, if I can't make this perfect from the word go, what am I even doing? If I can't draw a house that looks exactly like a house, I don't see the point in drawing. And it's like, well, actually it requires a lot of work. But you can have fun doing that work and uh, keeping that balance between fun and work when learning to do a new creative skill is probably one of the hardest things, in my opinion. And I think that comes into what I was saying about the difference between something I'm doing for, as an expressive thing or as a more like productive thing. Like, what I don't really enjoy the act of writing 
in the same way I enjoy, say, the act of pl- playing music. Yeah. Uh, uh, like, eventually I will have a finished thing that I can be proud of and show to people and be like, hey, what do you think of this? But playing music is way more, I am doing this because I like the feel of doing this. Right, and that's kind of, like, my struggle with writing jokes per se. Like, I used... When I started... I was more excited about going on stage, so I would write jokes all the time when I wasn't on stage. Just fill pages of ideas, like pages of pages of ideas and little quips and observations. And now I find, since like, I don't know, it's harder for me to sit, it's harder for me to just sit and devote a certain amount of time to joke writing. Like, I had a deal with a friend where we were going to do this thing where, like, I was going to write a joke every day and tell it to them, no matter if it was good or bad. And it just fell apart because sitting and writing and trying to intentionally be funny just on a daily basis was too much pressure. Couldn't do it. And I know some people work that way, but I'm just I like to fly from the seat of my pants with a thing like comedy. And I think that's okay. Like. Mm-hmm. as long as like i'm putting out work i'm okay with like there are times where that has backfired i will admit i'll go oh, i'm not gonna write for the show and then i do a set i'm not proud of but hopefully i the think idea that, like... is to you know find the balance between those things like have stuff written but don't force it if it isn't coming well yeah because there's a there's definitely a sense that i've gotten that like uh What's that for? Like, you're only a writer if you write, kind uh-huh. of thing. Uh, but that's. I feel like that often comes out of this really bullshit place that is shaming people for not working hard, like, not producing, you're not making enough stuff, which, like, take care of yourself. You're doing it for, like, you don't need to overwork yourself to because someone, like, it, people say you have to. I think like, it just comes from this point of view is like a lot of people want to write, but they yeah. won't pick up the pen. And I, and I, like, I that's that. when I that's what I hear. Like I feel like oh, that yeah. advice is for those people. And then there's definitely something to be said for t- to tell people, hey, do the thing, stop worrying and do the yeah, thing. Yeah, because it's like and... I for years thought of myself as a writer, and then when people would go, well, what are you working on? Or what was the last thing you wrote? It was embarrassing because it was like, well, actually, the last story I wrote was in high school, <laughs> and I'm 23. Uh, high school was some time ago, and the thing I'm working on now is actually not writing. I'm just playing a lot of video games. <laughs> I guess I'm lucky in that I've actually, I guess I've made a lot of stuff this year. Uh, understatement of the year. I don't. I feel. I feel so much like I've not produced anything this year, and I've been really lazy. That's not true. You've written a lot. <laughs> Actually, you've you've definitely written me under the table, and I'm supposed to be like I just started um, this column. I'm supposed to be writing, and I haven't even done my first one yet, and I have a week. <laughs> you can do this. I believe in you. I'm actually gonna work on it tonight. Like I need to figure nice. out. Like, I know exactly what I want to write about. I just don't know how I'm going to, like, what specific points I want to hit. And, like, that's going to be, focusing on that is going to be hard because I'm super nervous because it's some, it's for someone who's never read my writing. And -hmm. it's for a website about a specific thing. And I don't know if it's going to, like, hit, I'm too, I'm overthinking it. Yeah, but, so that's, that's, I guess, what I wanted to, like, that was my point was that, yes, you, like, to be... It is important to like try to cut through your worries and just like just make the thing. Oh yeah, that's the only way it'll get but done. I, but I also want to, from the other side, say that you don't have to. 
feel guilty because you didn't do enough. Yeah, because that is you're that's enough. also a bad opinion. You're enough on your own. Like, like the, don't internalize guilt from either ends of those. Yeah, just, just, just do the stuff. Like, if you do it, pat yourself on the back. Hey, you did it. But if you tried to do it and it didn't work out, that's okay too because you're trying, and eventually you'll get there. I don't even think it's okay too because you're trying. It's okay because it's okay. The only goal is that you can feel okay. If if you need if you need to make stuff to feel okay, then that's just you. Like there's mm-hmm. nothing less. I don't want to say there's uh something lesser about the people that don't make stuff well no because like if you're like you're gonna be creative even if you don't make stuff like there's a (laughs) daily creativity that hits all of us even if we're not painting or writing like if you really think about it like when you daydream and you're thinking of little situations whoa yeah like if you're an observer and if you're a thinker you're creative and that's most people, I presume. Those are my two favorite statues. The observer and the thinker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. Um, but yeah, no, I, I don't... Yeah, I'm not trying to put down anybody for not creating. I just think that there's only one way to make something, and that is to make it... Oh, no, I, I agree with you. I'm just... Uh, I'm, I'm not saying good doing anything wrong. I just wanted to... Uh, I know I have, like, hit myself too hard on both ends of that. Like, I've blamed myself too much for not making enough and i've blamed myself too much for like i've suffered for working too hard yeah don't it's you can't force something that's not coming you have to give yourself time and be patient with yourself but also don't let your fears conquer like that urge to make something Mm -hmm. yeah just like take care of yourself listen to yourself listen to that body Listen to that body. Feed it do and it. stuff if it needs to be fed. Mm, I do. Actually, I don't. I just had a big, a, a lot of food. I haven't I, eaten I have... since this morning. I need to, after this, I'm going to go put some I'm having large hot chocolate here. Oh, it so good. That sounds so yummy. Good. Chocolate? Whoa. I don't know what word I was trying to say. But yeah, no, I, I think that's a good... Do we have any more of the creativity? It was the me not being able to speak. Oh, okay. You got it. You got it now. I do. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do we have any more things to say about creativity, or do you want to go to the questions on that point? Um, Yeah, I think if we go into the questions, we can kind of get at some of the more mental health-related creativity concerns. So let's get them questions. 
got quite they're, a few they're from all, y'all on Twitter. They're all along a similar line on Twitter. First one from Jay, which is, do either of you find that periods of or episodes of prolonged depression stimulate or hinder your creativity? Mm, I think that they actually, like, sometimes it's a little bit of both for me. Like, it just depends on what it is. Because, like, when I was grieving comedy was the best outlet but trying to write about it like one year i tried to do NaNoWriMo which is the national november novel writing month where you you know try to write an entire novel in a month and i tried to write specifically about grief and i couldn't do it like it was very very difficult mm-hmm. it was physically painful and Aww. emotionally painful and it was just not working so in that sense, it just was, it depended on the medium I was trying because writing about it made it more direct and I had to like call on all these different emotions and that was a hindrance. But drawing on it from a point of view of, well, what's funny about this terrible thing that happened uh, made it more stimulating a subject to deal with. But yeah, I, I don't know. I find that it just depends. I don't. Because I'm not someone who creates stuff on a regular basis yet, it's not really something I think about too much. But I know when I'm in a bad mood, it is harder to just do something as simple as putting a collage together for fun. Yeah, I th- I feel like it's difficult, more difficult for me when I'm depressed. Um, like when I'm in a bad way, I can try to uh, funnel it into certain things that I want to do. But in general, when I'm like really depressed, I can't get out of bed right like yeah you kind of just sit there and you're and i i think that that's a situation where it's good to distract yourself but you don't want to it there it isn't important what you distract yourself with as long as it's like something that helps you take care of yourself like if you're like i can't write a song right now i'm gonna watch 30 episodes of full house that's okay because it's 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 hitting that part of you that just needs to watch Full House. You got to take care so of that de- kid sometimes. I'm so depressed today, but I know that when I hear the right, Uncle Joey will make this all right. He's gonna be my uncle. I don't even like that show, so I don't know why that was my. And I grew up watching it. Like I don't know why that was my go-to show, but I guess it's it's still on Netflix, probably. So. How many kids today will hear Full House and think, oh, is that the thing they were joking about with too many cooks? Oh, oh well, I mean, kind of. Miller Boy. Well, I know, but like, how many young folks who don't know the sitcoms are going to have that as their entry point to bad old culture? I mean, like, it's kind of like how we talk about this all the time off the mic, but how you'll hear a joke on The Simpsons and laugh at it because it's absurd, but then, like, ten years later, later you realize it's a reference to a movie that you didn't... A movie from before you were born yep. that you didn't yep. see until earlier that month, and you're like, that's what Homer meant? And, uh... Whoa! Yeah, so... That's, there's nothing wrong with that. No, there's nothing wrong with it. It just makes us feel old. It makes us feel old, but, you know, some those kids are going to feel old about something, too, so... Yeah. Uh, time will have its revenge. <laughs> <laughs> see, I see it as this beautiful cycle, and you're like, this is revenge! <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> there's nothing beautiful about time. <laughs> I think there is, but... Nuh-uh, nuh-uh. You go on. Nuh-uh, nuh-uh. Next question. Oh, did we answer it properly? I guess we did. 
Yeah, we don't. Okay, let's uh, go on to the next one. Next one's from Angel. Uh, how does one find the time to be creative when one is so busy doing meaningless work or lying face down on floor? I want to say good use of one. Agreed. Um, well, in my experience, like, oh, there's so much meaningless work that gets in the way of all the creative stuff I want to do. So I really have to ask myself, like, okay, when I get home from a stupid job that sucks away my free time and energy, what do I have the energy to do that contributes to the creative thing I want to do? Yeah, well, I think those are two different questions, honestly. Well, the uh, I just mean the meaning. I'm I'm addressing the meaningless work. Yeah, point that, that's first. my point. Is I'm saying that like the difficulty of getting creative work done while I'm depressed is very different to the difficulty of fitting it in between bullshit. Yeah, like well, they one makes you depressed if you're me. <laughs> oh, oh, no, sure, those can definitely intersect. But I remember when I was at work, I couldn't do anything creative while I was at work. I tried to, I couldn't do it because fucking like it made me depressed. It was terrible. Yeah, I couldn't fit it in with a nine to five piece of bullshit job, and then two hours delayed on the train every day. Christ! And that's what I'm dealing with, kind of now, more or less. And so mm-hmm. I kind of have to fit it in where I can. And like, there's a tiny percentage of forcing myself to do stuff because I know that in the end I'll be happy once I feel accomplished with the thing I've done. Like, if I can get a little bit of paint down or a little bit of this collage done or write down this idea or outline this thing, I will feel better about that than if I stay grumpy all night about how much I hate my job. So I try to think about that, but if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Like if you're getting into the lying face down on the floor, that's a more complex one because part of me wants to say, uh, you know, don't worry about being creative if that's what you need to do. But the other part of me is like, well, you know, give yourself like 20 minutes to lie down on the floor, but then get up and try to do something that you want to do. Mm-hmm. And that, that uh, in, in the sense of you want to do something creative. All right. Give yourself some time to, you know, feel bad and then get up and try to go. All right. Time to do this creative work. Yeah. At least that's kind of what my therapists have always told me over the years. They're they're just like, you know, you it's you need to process that bad feeling that makes you want to lie down on the floor, but don't let it take up your whole night if you can help uh, it. But if it does take up your whole night, you're not a bad person and there's always tomorrow. My advice is to have like if depending on what the creative thing is. If it, if you're just doing it to do it, then then just like listen to your body and do what you need to do but if it's something that you want to finish but being depressed is stopping you from finishing uh, my best advice is to just have other people like talk to other people about it and like hold them as motivation like when i was finishing this thing like i was holding it like okay i can finish it because then on saturday I, yeah when i'm finishing my script i was like holding on my head uh okay i will send it to destiny on saturday and that's so that's why i have to finish it on saturday Oh, yeah. like self-imposed deadlines, yeah, and different but, things like that. Don't do it with don't do it with um, actual rigid. If if unless it's like a job, don't put rigid rigid deadlines on this. You have to too, be like, willing to forgive yourself if yeah. you can't always be creative. If you but don't be that cruel to yourself, yeah, the because world like be cruel enough. I know that Angel is a super good writer, and she's really funny oh, cool. and stuff, and 
if she's struggling with that, like, in the end, like, since she is, like, inherently this funny, creative person that's going to do this stuff, she's going to find a way to do it. Oh. It's, it, if she could do it before, she can do it again. Do it and again. And she has to be patient with herself and not um, be ashamed that, you know, it's, it's a struggle sometimes. Don't use not doing the creative work as fuel to spiral. Yeah. Is my best advice. Mm-hmm. That's because that happens to me quite a bit. Like I mm-hmm. feel like, like I'll lose it. I'll lose the knack, and I'll go, "Well, this is just me being a failure." And in the end, it's like you have to recover your sense of strength and your sense of just another day here in Failure City. Yeah, and and and, and like. There's a way to remember deep down that, like, oh, yeah, I didn't go anywhere. The me that's lying on the floor right now is also the me that can write and the me that can, like, you know, be totally awesome. You're the same person. It's not different people. You're not overwritten by the depressed person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't cancel the other out. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you think that answers that question? I think so. If if uh, I don't know, I, let I, us know if we want us to say more things. Sorry that I called out the question writer so directly, but uh, I like them a lot. <laughs> called you out, Angel, so for ho- being a good writer. Hopefully, <laughs> she's like, oh, that that's helpful, and not I'm gonna just be so angry that you know I don't know I don't know, but I doubt it because she's lovely. Cool. Uh, final question from Ollie Jeffrey. I'm always more creative and driven when I'm depressed and anxious. What's up with that? I don't know. You're weird. Mm, I think that... You're weird! No. I think... That's not... <laughs> I, um, I'm actually jealous of this because yeah, yeah. I lose total drive. Do you know what my favorite... Side note, do you know what my favorite funny like non-comedy comedy thing? What is it? Is how all... Me- like mentally ill people that I know share uh, intense jealousy for different forms of mental illness. Isn't that strange? <laughs> it, but it's so true. It is the most intense thing. Like, oh boy, are you the type that gets this thing. Yeah, like I wish I could just be like, all right, I feel bad. Here's a epic poem I wrote about it. Uh, uh, you should read some of Ollie's epic poetry. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I I think it's because. You either are trying to work through the mood or you're trying to distract from the mood and Mm -hmm. the creative work comes out of one of those. I mean, there are probably a multitude of things, but I assume those are kind of, at least for me, that those would be the modes. So that's like, if you're using this to your advantage, that's great. I bet it's a distraction thing. I don't know. Um, like, so I can, when I'm depressed, I can, if I'm in the right way or I've got the right stuff, I can spend hours like playing a game or watching a TV show. Like I can really get distracted that way. Uh, but I can't get distracted. I, I can't switch off my depression part of the brain for creative stuff. Somehow it's just how my brain's built. Yeah. That's what I mean. Like I have a really hard time with that, but yeah, I think if you can do it totally, yeah, just embrace it. And, um, Go for it. Like, let it... Don't even analyze it. Just let it... Let the creative spirit take you when it can. No matter what uh, anxiety you're dealing with. As long as you can 
uh, put it towards something and that works for you, I think that's super impressive, which is why I say I'm jealous of it. Not to make you feel bad, but to, to just, it's it's really cool that mm-hmm. this really dark thing in your life can turn into this uh, end product of book or painting or poem. Mm-hmm. I am, um, <laughs> I feel like I need to make a clarification for like people who aren't depressed or mentally ill or something about the i assume everyone who is in that place will like laugh at the i know what it's like to be jealous of all the other people uh but all the people who aren't in that will be like horrified that's what everyone does because everyone i know is like that well i mean like everyone there's certain kinds of neurosis that actually benefit you like if you're a really type that's not true no like i have a friend that she had a really bad childhood where her parents weren't organized people. So she like keeps everything neat and clean in her apartment. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by that. Like, yeah, because of their neurosis or excuse me, because of their like disorganization, she was able to funnel that. I'll never be like them neurosis into keeping a nice clean apartment. Nice. Like that's, that's a nice thing. That's good. Nice. Nice. Way to turn the lemons into lemonade. It's true. And that's what I mean by that. And then, like, my my partner, like, has a lot of anxiety about, like, you know, not getting enough done because life is short. So they make a lot of stuff. Making a lot of stuff makes them happy. So that's that's the benefit of that neurosis. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, don't uh, don't be too worried about what that what's up with that. It's just nice that you can be creative and driven. And when you're not depressed, like, let's say the mood passes and you don't feel motivated to make something. Um, that's not bad either. Hopefully you don't have to, like, be one of those people that needs to live an anxious life to create, though. If that's happening, maybe you should talk to someone about it. Because you're still creative even when you're not uh, anxious or depressed. It's just that maybe it's harder to tap into it. And you yeah. have to find healthy ways to tap into it. So it isn't one of those things where you'll need one to stimulate the other. If you want to find a way to be creative, it's like it'll always be possible. There are many different ways yeah. to do it. Like, and you, it's okay to like try a bunch of different things and until you find the one that works. It's it doesn't matter if you tried something and you can't do that. That's just like some things are incompatible with some certain like brain ways of being. Uh, like I know I can't um, write in certain moods, and that's fine. That's okay. Yeah, just don't write in that mood. Do something yeah. else, no matter what it, whether or not it's creative. Just do that. Um, I heard a quote somewhere where somebody on a podcast said, become a scientist of your own experiment. And I think that's like a good way of putting that. Exactly. Uh, that will refer you to, our, to Frankenstein. <laughs> you gotta, life is, it, it's, it's not all going to be laid out for you. Frankenstein is the doctor. The, uh, the monster is depression. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, it, it's not all laid out for us how things are going to go, so you kind of just have to try different things until something works. And be yep. okay with failure. Be patient with yourself. And no matter what, you're doing a good job. You're doing well. It's okay. Yeah, no. It's okay. 
Like Jackson's trying to get all jokey, but I'm like, no, I'm being genuine. Like you, I'm not. I'm not. Oh, you like, had a tone. T- I'm sorry. I had. I'm always. I'm always got a jokey tone, but I wasn't like an under. I was. I'll just shut up. No, it's okay. <laughs> like yeah, you just you want to be able to uh, be okay with whatever comes out, even if it's not 100% what you saw coming mm-hmm. or what your intent was. Yeah. I also just think it's really important, like, amid all this stuff, to make sure when it all comes down to it, you're doing what you want to do within your means and what, like, you can do. Does that make sense? I hope that makes sense. It does. Yeah, I think that was a podcast. I know we're just going to go around forever now. Yeah. I think. I think I think we did it. Oh, we recorded a podcast. Oh, what? Yeah, I have no, I have didn't. a recommendation for oh. for our listeners. So I have a book to recommend as far as like re- recovering creativity after like being shamed or scared out of being creative. Uh, the book "The Artist's Way" by Julia Cameron, uh, a uh, spiritual path to higher creativity. Don't let that S word scare you away. She she does believe in a higher power, and she kind of brings it up a lot in the book, but like. Deep, like all overall, there's a lot of really good advice in this book for like getting back in touch with your creative works and your create your creativity as a whole. And I really like the book. Nice, yeah. It's how I'll I pretty much the... started art journaling, and I'll put that in the blog. Yes, yes. We are at goof dot zone. Goof dot zone. Go to goof dot zone. Soon we'll be on iTunes. We just need. I'm. I'm probably gonna just commission somebody to draw a podcast. No, we won't. We're never gonna be on iTunes. Yes, I'm. I have to. It's making me sad because I never actually listen to these these shows, and I wanted to get you out can... to more people. Oh, by the way, just a coincidence. Someone literally just tweeted on my timeline ten seconds ago that there was a chapter in the artist's way that is a little bit victim blamey and close to like being the secret there is a lot of hippy dippy stuff in this book but you don't have to Wait, take it all in what do you mean by the secret the secret is the book that's all be positive no matter what and it's like if that doesn't work blah, for you don't blah, do it blah. sometimes you gotta you gotta you have that negativity and you just gotta have it like blah forever being um Pollyanna about stuff isn't for everyone but also, yeah, just I, I, when I recommend books, I'm not saying, like, this is the most perfect book about this thing. You have to take everything with a grain of salt. You have to put down the stuff that doesn't work for you and pick up the stuff that does work for you. And that's that's been my experience with dealing with a lot of self, navigating a lot of self-help literature. Mm-hmm. Is just, like, ignore the stuff that doesn't apply to you. Yeah, because I often, like, whenever I read self-help stuff, it's always often the, like, just victim blame sort. And uh, yeah, I I don't find it very helpful because of that. Uh, I wish uh, it's probably a, a, a long discussion about the psychology of this, but uh, so much motivation relies on shaming the other side, right? And it's like, well, if I already feel bad, stop making me feel worse. It's like how. You know, people say we have to motivate. Like, it's okay to fat shame people because that's motivating. When one, that is scientifically untrue, and two, who cares? It's none of your business. Yeah, no, I, shaming is not the way. The way to motivate depends on the person. And I know I have friends who can only motivate themselves by shaming themselves, but I wouldn't recommend doing that to yourself or to other people. 
Uh, they claim it works, but I think in the long run, it's actually well, quite it wo- damaging. I bet it works for some people, but I don't actually think you should like indulge. Like, you can totally motivate yourself in by shitting on other people, but I don't think that's a healthy thing to do because it'll hurt you in the long run. Because your sense of worth in doing something is based in something un- unhelpful. Well, other people shouldn't be the factor in exactly your success or failure. Like, this mm-hmm. is all about you and what you need to do. But also, I think. If you're, like, I'm talking specifically about people that, like, I have a friend who talked herself out of a very specific anxiety by calling herself names in her head. And whereas it got her out of the anxiety, she still thinks all that stuff about herself. And I don't think that's oh. helpful. Oh, I'm, I'm more talking about people who are like, you don't want to be flipping burgers, you got to work hard. Like, that kind of shit. Yeah, but there are people who flip burgers and say that stuff to themselves. And I don't know if that's helpful. I don't think it's helpful for anyone to do that. Like I just, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I'm specifically talking about self-talk. That's what I'm talking okay. about. So yeah, do be patient with yourself. Yeah. And thank you for listening to this podcast that we made. High five! Yay, we did it. Podcast. We did it. Probably not podcast. as much goof as I wanted, but you know. But a lot of zone. We we put a lot of zone in this. Put a lot of zone. You put so much zone. It's excess so of zone. zone. <laughs> if you look at the death certificate, it's going to say cause of death. All that zone. <laughs> Too much zone. Too much, Too zone. much 90s cyber drug. Mm-hmm. Yup. So, just... Spike was taking all that zone. <laughs> <laughs> Spike is my go-to 90s cyber name. I like that. Spike is pretty good. Minus turbo. With a Y. Spike with a Y. Minus turbo with... Turbo is a good O's. one. <laughs> Turbo! <laughs> Where can we find you on the internet? At FridgeBuzzNow. That is one word. Uh, and at BadlandGirls.com, which is my main podcast where I talk about junk culture with my BFF, Rhea Dauhauer. I'm also on... Well, you can tell the other people about... The podcasts that we're on together, the other podcasts we are. I you can find me at Headfuls Off on Twitter. At headfulsoff.com is where everything I do is like collected and a nice, easy to find thing. I'm gonna be hopefully relaunching that website this month. Uh, Woohoo. A little bit. We'll see. Um and me and Destiny and Matthew Marco are on abnormalmapping.com, a great podcast about video games that you should be listening to. Even if you don't like video games, it'll hopefully get you into the cool ones, because I know there's a lot of bad ones. I feel like it's a good podcast if you don't like video games, because it doesn't go into, like... We just just talk about things in in, in in an accessible way. It is specifically set up with... uh, rejection of the whole this is how video games are talked about it should be cool so yeah thank you very much for watching and goodbye the lot of you go home have fun do whatever it is you do Mm -hmm. goodbye bye
child would care With this vial to drink I dare Only to cry on lonely Your taste and power Should we try this again We'll 